0: Hi, friends. Thank you for joining us again this week as we pick up where we left off last week on part two of Honesty and Integrity. This week, we will wrap this conversation up with part three. In this conversation, we dig a little bit deeper. We talk about trust and leadership. We talk about what an an opportunity it is in this time for us to reach our communities with the gospel and to be a representation of Jesus Christ. And you might even get a special surprise from Sarah, at the very end. Thank you for joining us this week and enjoy this conversation.
1: Well, not to I brag, but I got an eighty-five on that test. So
0: <laughs> I'm glad to hear that.
1: <laughs> I took the test on that, I think, on that thing that you said.
2: Cool. I think people. I would. I think.
3: Go
1: ahead.
2: Oh, go ahead. No, you go I ahead. I think
3: that I would agree with you, Antiana, um, and I. I don't know. I'm trying to be really careful because I've I preached about a lot of this a few weeks ago. So I'm trying not to just, you know, jump on my soapbox and re-preach my sermon.
2: Go ahead. Um, <laughs> Preach uh,
3: the the two things that really stood out to me when you're reading that as you know, you see you see a decline and if you talk about it in in public places, you know, you can get into these arguments of well, you know, the greatest generation and well, I think this generation's the best, or the, that generation. But when I read scripture, God makes it very clear that there will be a decline. And, you know, I, I'm not saying I don't believe in revival. I don't believe, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you, eventually the world has to come to a head. And so, you, we're seeing that. We're watching that right now. We're, we're really seeing that firsthand in America as we watch a nation that is been founded on the bible increasingly walk away from its foundation and a house divided can't stand so we're getting a firsthand example of you know just in time prophecy being fulfilled right. and back to honesty and integrity another scripture that came to mind is like and and this is going to sound a little out of context when i first quote it but then i'll follow it up we love this passage in Hebrews eleven. Hebrews eleven, you know. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. And then verse three. Verse three baffles me because he opens up and he says, "Through faith." Then he goes on. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, but that through faith really caught my attention, and I actually preached about it. The reason it caught my attention is, for one, it's another action, but I truly believe the only way that we will, we're reaching a point in not even just America now, just we're reaching a point globally where I truly believe the only way we will have integrity, the only way we will have honesty, because really what we're talking about are the attributes of God, integrity, honesty, wholeness, truthfulness, is he trustworthy? These These are all the attributes, the characteristics of God, the commutable attributes of God. And I truly believe the only way that people in today's world can be people that strive for honesty, that can be integral, that can be trustworthy is to step into faith, to be through faith, through faith we understand. Or if you read that whole passage, you read about all these things that were done through faith, and it's because these people were, were willing to step out of this world and step into a world to come if you get towards the end of the chapter it talks about how they were strangers and wonders and you know they dwell in tents and caves and all this stuff and it's because they were willing to step out of this world and step through faith into the world that is to come you know like another thing that comes to mind is where the apostle paul wrote i think it's in ephesians (laughs) chapter two if i'm correct where he writes of the ages to come right you know, and I've wondered about that scripture for years. That's another conversation for another time. But it's because, you know, I, I just, it gets me so stirred up. What could make a man like the Apostle Paul walk into Ephesus where he's so beaten and so destroyed that he, he's bowlegged? And it's because he's been beaten so many times. He's stoned. He was, some people believe he was dead and God brought him back to life. Some people believe that he wasn't dead, but either way, he was stoned. And he walks into the city and he knows, he knows if he preaches this, he could very well be beaten, stoned, robbed, crucified, you know, you name it. And yet there's something inside of that man that says, no, I'm going to do what God called me to do, which to the Apostle Paul was integrity and honesty. He knew the truth. And for him to be quiet about the truth at that point would be dishonest. It would be integral. And so he walked into that city, and he knows you may beat me, you may kill me, but you will not silence me. I'm going to preach.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Eventually, it cost him being, you know, they cut his head off. Right. But I
4: truly believe that I, the
3: only way. Can I jump in? Go ahead. Yeah.
4: At some point. No, I think I think you have a really great point, and I think um, I want to tie Jacob and and Paul into to what you're what you're saying or Joseph. Because Joseph had a dream and he trusted God in that dream and Paul and his conversion a lot of people just skip over um, um, part of that scripture and what the part of that his conversion story that impressed me the most was that God said that he must appear before me before kings and before um, the Gentiles he was going to be a leader of the Gentiles. And he was going to appear before kings, you know, and said, I must show him how great of things he must suffer. And um, so when you read later in the book of Acts, when he says, if you stay in the ship with me, right, you're going to survive. Why? Because you're in the ship with someone who has prophecy already on their life. Um, And to speak to the generational thing, you know, um, I think that you see a rise and decline in uh, social norms and values throughout all of history. You look at what Pilate said to, to Jesus. Jesus told him, if I, if I told you that, that I was guilty of these things, he said, then I would, I would be a liar. And, and Pilate asked him straight up, he says, what is truth? What is truth? And I think that that question resounds through the ages And, um, that is, um, part of, of honesty. If if you, if you can figure out what truth is, then you can truly be an honest person, but you can't do that without really the the word of God. And then so you see this vast change in, um, the life of, of Paul after his conversion. You know, he said that, you know, I, I conducted myself very properly and very integrally according to uh, the jews right he said I, I was upright in all my ways i was just justified by the law in bringing these christians you know uh to and compelling them to blaspheme the holy ghost he says i was completely within the law to do this mm-hmm. you know i was a uh hebrew of hebrews i was uh circumcised the eighth day you know of the tribe of, of benjamin you know both uh a Jew and a Roman citizen, but it took this conversion, it took him coming together with, with God and becoming uh, one or an integer or in, integral with God in order for him to to truly have that integrity that, um, that a person needs really to, to conduct their their day-to-day life and really be a true uh uh, person of integrity
0: man that's awesome that's powerful that's incredible and you know like that just my mind just kind of went it just you can't see me so I better tell you what it did (laughs) but I felt like my mind was blowing up right there listening to you and Mitchell talk because you brought out the point that Pilate said, what is truth? And we are right there today. There are so many young people that don't know their identity. They don't know what truth is. And adults even, people are saying right now, what is truth? I mean, we are in a crisis right now of what is truth. and That's
4: why people eat up the media so, so much. That's why it's only in, in two or three minute clips because they're trying to get a little piece of of truth and they that's that's what really people really want and instead of going to the word of god saying wait a minute this is this is fulfillment prophecy in all of uh in all of history you know you don't see jerusalem really being the center of the world but it's it's become that way again you know and god's i think god's focus is is coming off the gentiles and back onto to his people there in, in Jerusalem. It's becoming very, very, very mainstream. And if you, if you talk about it in the media, they will shut you down, they'll dox you, they'll tell, you, tell uh, the anti-Zionists where you live at and <laughs> they'll be at your door. And it's just, there's a, there's a, there's a lot to uh, being truthful.
0: I think that's a key thing. Kyle, go ahead. I saw you wanted to say something there. I saw you unmute, and then I saw you mute back up.
1: Um, well, I mean, to point out, like, I mean, they're discussing Paul, and you look at what Paul originally started as, and I think that's part of some of the, the uh, disillusion that the world has with, and I'm going to focus specifically on Christians and Christianity in this comment slash what I'm going to say here. Because there are Christians that aren't exhibiting integrity behavior. And because of that, they are disillusioned with their perception of Christ. And you look at Paul, and Paul is the perfect example of that. Because according to everything that he, his understanding of the scriptures, he was doing everything right. But he was wrong. And that's why I think that you have to be spirit led. And that's why I think if I were to tie a scripture into that, it would be study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, which ties right back into that honesty and integrity piece that we're discussing. Because everything you do has to be checked against the word of God. I don't care. And this is something that as I listen to you, Mitch and Sarah, Tori we've and me myself even we've been referring to the outside but as christians too we have to come to a point where it's a balancing act between how we are perceived because we are to be a light and we can't shut that light off on one hand but on the other hand the opinions and the ideologies of the world again be not deceived the or by the philosophies or vain deceits after the ruinments of the world and not after christ is one of those key scriptures Because if you read in Galatians, when you look in Galatians 5 and 18, where it talks about being led of the spirit, you're not under the law, which is the law of the flesh, the law of man. And that's where we kind of divide because that's where even even Paul was looking at it. Under the law, he was correct. But when he was led by the spirit, that's when he went and he recovered his sight. That's when he seen who he truly was. That's when God showed him who he truly was, and He had to literally strip him of his eyesight to reveal who he was. Mm-hmm. And that—that's, I mean, when you read the rest of Galatians five and eighteen through even through twenty-one, it talks about the works of the being manifest, and it covers all of those things: adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies. When you look at emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies, a lot of those things you see in the political climate in the politically correct climate and we involve ourselves as christians in those so often that when people look at us all they see is this person who isn't what their understanding of what christ should be which is hope and when we mask that we are not showing the integrity that we should by saying hey as an honest person here let me share with you the only thing that i know that will fix your situation which is the cross None of these other ideologies, none of these other belief systems, none of the other opinions that I have are going to take you where you need to be. I have to take you to the foot of the cross. And unless I do that, unless I take you to that point of realization like Paul had, where he literally had to be stripped of everything that he could see and understand to actually truly see who Jesus was, Mm -hmm. then we can't understand that journey and that honesty that's necessary for this end time.
2: Sarah, go ahead. And, um or Tori. Listening was that Tori? To all of this. Yeah, this is me. Um, in listening to all of what you guys were just saying, I believe Mitchell honestly said, kind of answered one of Scene's questions in a way, even though he went before him. Scene said that Pilate said, What is truth? And Mitchell said. We need to have the attributes of God. What is truth? To be like Christ, because Christ is truth. And I'm going to go to 1 John 5 and 20, where it says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding, and we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ, that is God and eternal life. So, Jesus Christ is truth. Yes. So, in that way, to be, to have truth and to be honest, which is truth, is to have the attributes of Jesus Christ. That's excellent. I feel like that was a very, like a puzzle coming together.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's incredible. I've gotten revelation by the way, all night long tonight, as we've been talking. So Amen. you guys are teaching me as, as well. And, um, Tori, the scripture that came to my mind that as you were saying that you pointed out how Jesus is truth. And then in Ephesians or excuse me, John 8 31, uh, Jesus is says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and mm-hmm. the truth will set you free. And my mind went to John one and one in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so God's, if we're in God's word, we're abiding in truth because the word was with God and the word was God. The whole Bible are the words of God, even though they're given by inspiration of God to men, they're still the words of God. It's the very essence of who God is all wrapped up in a, in pages, the Bible is what God has given to us on that, and so um, that that's really cool how
5: all that ties together. Sarah, I saw you unmute. Um, yes, because this scripture has been burning in me since Mitchell and all of y'all, since everything that you've been saying. Um, Romans Romans eight is just phenomenal because it ties right in with what we're saying right here, and. And before I read this out of the word of God, I want to go back to where your question was, do you think that honesty and integrity is digressing? And I would agree, yes, it is. But I also want to say maybe I'm playing devil's advocate here, but I think that it was already digressing even back in the 50s and the 60s, it was just well hidden. And and even before that, clear back in Bible times, I think there's always been time where it would rise and then it would fall and then it would rise and then it would fall. And I think throughout history, it continues to do so. And I think it all stems from what we're talking about right now, because I think it all stems from where parents began to train either towards God or away from God. And so I think that all comes, and, and the responsibility even comes down to us, whether or not we have children, because whoever we're teaching in the church, in Bible studies, in Sunday school, in education, whatever, they're going to, everything trickles down from the top, if I may say it that way. So whatever we are teaching, either by our lifestyle or by what's coming out of our mouths, by what we're teaching educationally, spiritually, et cetera. That is going to have an effect on those that we're teaching. And I think that what we're seeing right now, let's just center here on America for right now. But what we're seeing in, in this era of time is a trickle down clear back from the baby boomers, if we're really honest, because the baby boomers have the attitude, we don't need to follow our parents' ways anymore. We can do what feels good, what feels right to us. And so they began to have that mentality and they began to teach their children, it's okay to do whatever, da-da-da-da-da. You fill in the blank. I'm not going to fill in the blank because everybody has their own ideas and has seen throughout history and study of history and whatever. But it all stems and begins right here, Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to start in verse uh, five. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God; it is not for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So that they are that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man, and I love this, it's pretty straight and it's pretty raw and brutal, but it's the word of God. And this is where we have to be honest with ourselves. Are we really paying attention to this? If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And so for us to have honesty and integrity and to keep it and to train it to our children, to our students, to those that we're training in Bible studies and those in Sunday school, we have to keep our minds. Now I'm not saying we walk around with angels, wings and halos. Everybody I think understands what I'm trying to portray here, but we have to put on the mind of Christ. And I think that's where Mitchell and Kyle even started in seeing clear back is if we're not with the mind of Christ, We are going to see digression in our world, in honesty, integrity, lifestyles, because they have nobody to teach and train them the right things. And so how important is it for us as adults and young people and teenagers and whatever, when we love Jesus Christ to start putting that in others' hearts?
0: Yeah, I think that's an important point, Sarah, because I don't see, like, I know when we're talking about this, it might sound like this is a negative conversation, but honestly, as we talk about it, I see an opportunity because I see young people and, and generations of people that didn't get the training that they needed because we've gone further and further away from God. And we, we, we've already set the point that God is truth right here so you can't really have honesty and integrity without connecting to faith and starting this journey to faith whatever that journey looks like you're never gonna find integrity and honesty without starting that journey but at the end of the day I don't feel like it's all negative even though if you listen to the news everything's negative right now you know if you let that consume you you're gonna be chicken little the sky is falling the sky is falling um but I see and there are bad times right now I'm not disregarding that But I see an opportunity right now because uh, honesty and integrity have gone so far down the drain in leadership, spiritual leadership, political leadership, that people are so disillusioned. Really, we're ripe for the Antichrist (laughs) because we're ripe for this man to come and say, I have the answer, let me bring you all together to this middle ground. If you look at history, there was always somebody who came in at some point who brought all the dissenting sides together, that very charismatic person who had the answer and then ended up being a tyrant. We won't get into that whole conversation, but history shows that cycle over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And we're right there again, which is prime time for the Antichrist to step on the scene and say, I have the answer, let me bring everybody together. But in the meantime, I feel like as people who have truth and know truth, we shouldn't be unnerved by this. We should
5: look at it as an opportunity. I agree. We should be excited. I don't really think think it has been a negative conversation. I think what we've done is we've dug deep. We've taken these earth movers and we've piled a lot of, of shallow dirt to the side and we've gone really deep. And I think it's awesome to do that because I think this world here is everybody's now saying positivity, positivity. I mean, you drive down the highway and there's these billboards that say, think positivity, speak positivity. Well, we are speaking positivity. We're we're talking dig deep and get a walk with God because when you do that, you won't struggle with honesty and integrity. I mean, you're still going to have times, you know, that there's going to be fear that comes or there's going to be something that happens. But because you're rooted and grounded so deep and you've moved all that shallow dirt aside and you've dug your roots down deep, there is positivity in that. And I think that to me, this thrills me to hear all of you all, my precious dear family, speaking deep things because this is what our world is hungry for and searching teenagers right now and and young couples and young marrieds and even elderly folks, I I have to put a a little word in here. If y'all pray, we have a little neighbor lady next to us that has just connected with Antonia and she's walking with her every day and she's so empty and so hungry and God is using her and Antonia's little walks every day because this little lady's sick of the world. And so I think this is awesome because God is going to use all of you all. To reach those that are sick of the the shallowness and the the world's ideology right now, yeah.
1: And and to clarify, I I mean, (laughs) even my statement earlier where I was talking about being a light, I wasn't in a negative sense. I was saying that because if we can realize who we are, I thought about John two fifteen almost immediately. First John two fifteen, where it says, "Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him." That tied right back into our love in trust conversation when we try to try to identify with the world they're sick of the world they're sick of the lies of the world they're looking for truth and i had a conversation in my living room with a young man who's far, far from god um and i mean he's probably if he 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 actually is is a stand-up comedian and i mean i've heard some of the stuff you if you heard him you'd never think he'd have a deep spiritual conversation and i'm having this conversation with him and he's saying to me, his words, I'm so tired of everybody presenting these different things that are lies and they're not true. And, it, and, it, and it's created this situation where they're so disillusioned, any glimpse of truth they reach for. And if we're truly the light, it says for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. And the last part of that scripture that I love is verse 17. It says, And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Basically, these people are looking for that thing that's going to cause them to live forever, to be successful, to be, you know, competent people in society. And when I began to pour out my heart to this young man, it was amazing to watch the shift in his in his in his perception and his even his attitude towards things because he was excited about hey, you're presenting me with something that is steadfast, it's immovable because it's rooted and grounded in the word of God. And when they see that, it's not moving all over the place like everything else in the world. It's not shaking and unsure. It's something that they feel like they can cling to when all of the rest of the world is going crazy right now. And they're like, hey, and that's the thing. In the last days, it's gonna grow worse and worse and worse. But we as the people of God and the children of God, and that's why when I identified that to Christians, I was saying, We need to stand up and say, hey, it's on me right now to be the best me I can be through Jesus Christ. Because if I'm doing anything that's related to the world or related to these other things, people see that all the time. They experience that all the time. And when they see that in me, it might turn them off. But if I'm being Jesus, Jesus is hope. Jesus is peace. Jesus is power jesus all these integrity pieces all those integral pieces we're talking about all the love that we're talking about the trust that we're talking about when you meet jesus you feel those things you feel that peace that passes understanding and i think that to me i get excited when i talk to young people in the church that have grasped that concept and they don't go out and talk about all these crazy things they preach christ and him crucified and when they do we're seeing i mean if you've seen we're having a young person revival like You know, we've been having probably three or four years now because people are going out and they're just preaching Jesus. And when they do that, it gives people hope.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, Kyle. And I don't want to shy away from that conversation. I know where you're going with that is really probably even a deeper conversation for another night, but I don't want to shy away from that. And I don't want us to be afraid of that because we are seeing right now we're seeing a, we're seeing two spirits. We're seeing two components of who we are at war with each other because as Americans, we're taught to be very patriotic, but as the children of God, we're taught that this world is not our home. What's well, one say to? It's one thing to say this world is not my home when all your all your life you've been saying I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And believe me, I'm never going to stop saying I pledge allegiance to that flag as long as I'm here in America. The, I believe there's value in loyalty as well, but it's hard to think of yourself as a citizen of another country. So sometimes in this environment that we're in right now, I I see the church trying to fight a battle that's not really ours to fight. We see this a lot on social media right now because, you know, we're all trying. I think we're trying to represent the values of Christ in this political environment in the sense of, um, you know, like you need to go to church and I don't want to get into a deeply political conversation. So I hope you guys understand the nuances of what I'm trying to say in response to how the church is presenting itself publicly right now. And I think that that's why we need to be very careful what we're saying and doing in social media. But I do, um, on the other side of that, and I don't even like to say, but on the other side of that, I do want people to understand too, as well, though, that Jesus pushed back against, the times of his day as well. We see that when he, when the woman was brought to him that committed adultery by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, I don't think that we have to say he pushed back on social media. I'm not trying to say go out there and do all your business on social media. So please don't take me down. You know, don't don't think that's where I'm going with that conversation. But I'm saying that right now, part of our honesty and and Mitchell spoke to this a little bit earlier, and Sarah spoke to this, and and even seen spoke to this. Part of the apostle Paul's honesty and integrity was being that strong man of faith, even when he was up against the beatings. And sometimes it's a, um, nowadays in your job, it might be that people are seeing you live this life of faith and strength in these hard times. And this is challenging right now. I have prayed for pastors and their wives a lot through COVID because they have taken a beating from people during COVID that is just mind boggling to me. And I have prayed God strengthen them because they have tried to follow Christ to the best of their ability as God is leading them for their churches. And some of them have been put to the fire by even, you know, like people that are loyal to them and people that are supposed to be like their strongholds and, and their, their bulwarks in these trying times. And there's always those people that you have to bounce things off of. I agree with that. We have leadership here that is bouncing, you know, choices they're making through these times off of leaders that they trust. But I have seen people literally just say things that are mind boggling about their ministry and the choices they're making. I've seen them act in ways in front of other leadership about the choices their ministry that is making that actually puts their own personal leadership in question. And it's the Apostle Paul was put to the test of even where it came to a beating and he had to make that stand. And I think we're seeing some of our pastoral leaders have to kind of walk through that right now. And us as children of God, I think moving forward in these political times with the things going on. I think our test is gonna be put to the faith. And and I got sidetracked and I didn't finish what I was saying, but we see that the Pharisees and the Sadducees brought the woman who was caught in adultery to Jesus. And they said, according to the law of Moses, because there's a lot of laws out there right now. This is what I'm pulling back to honesty and integrity and referring this to right here in this point of the conversation. But there's a lot of laws that are being, you know, statewide, nationwide, blah, blah, blah. But the Pharisees and Sadducees told Jesus, they said, according to the law of Moses, this woman who was caught in adultery should be stoned. And they were testing Jesus. They were saying, teacher, they were kind of mocking him according to the laws of Moses. And they were like, if you look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees and you study it in the International um, Bible Dictionary, they were some of the political leaders of their day they were part of the political group of their day. the
1: religious leaders who were tied to the political leaders
0: the sadducees were political they were definitely and they were very involved in the politics tied of to the of herodians
1: day. yep yeah herodian jews that he called and, whitewashed sepulchres and the, in pits of vipers
0: because exactly. they were
1: involved in politics they thought it would change their world
0: the essenes and he was but preaching
1: they, the spirit would change their world
0: but they came to jesus and they tested him according to the law of moses she should be stoned and jesus bucked them he bucked them and he bucked their laws publicly and he said he who's without the first sin let him cast the first he who's without sin let him cast the first stone and so that, that scripture I think,
4: is very interesting as as well i'm sorry to interrupt you no, but that ahead. scripture is very interesting is it in, in its context, because if you read the law that they're referring to, the, the, the witnesses that caught them in the act were to cast the first stone. So they, they didn't understand the spirit behind the law because if you accused someone of adultery and uh, to put them to death, you had to be willing to be the first one to cast that stone. And when nobody came forward, it, it, it was really to show that the law was put in place to show people mercy, say, you know what, um, I don't I don't want to kill somebody because they did something wrong. So um, in order to, to utilize this law, um, you had to be a person that was very unmerciful. So the law was really to teach mercy, not um, not. Well, and that's the whole Jesus. That's one. what I was he pointing was out. Unfaithful. Jesus was
1: specifically talking about the law of the spirit. His whole thing was there is a spirit and a promise coming, and he bucked politics. If you want to look at what he did, he fought against politics because he said the only thing that's going to radicalize, radically change people's lives, is my spirit, and that's exactly. what he was doing. He who is without sin it's cast the first stone, and that's where I guess to to counter what you're saying is, when you're preaching politics out here, you can't mix the church with it because it's not one. Absolutely not. They are two different governments and you put those together, you create a, I was going to use a word that might be misunderstood. You create this Malthus thing that is a monster that isn't what Jesus intended. And that's why it's so careful. I mean, and I can give you scripture after scripture after scripture on that. Again, if you read Matthew 23, he was specifically preaching to Jews who had become political with Herod. And they were talking about, he was saying, hey, you guys have, you're pretty on the outside. You look like what your representation of religion should be, but you're whitewashed sepulchers. Everything underneath is dead. You're fighting within one another. You're creating divisions and biting at each other because you've allowed politics to enter into a spiritual matter. And that's what he was saying in Matthew 23. And you look at even the teachings of Paul. The teachings of John, the revelator, as they go through these different things in Acts and in Romans, and they start talking about not being under the law, but being under in the spirit. For you're no longer under the law, but you're subject to the spirit of Christ. And you begin to, even your idea, this mind being in you that was in Christ Jesus, that is a spiritual matter that's separating you from the law of man. Because when you begin to involve yourself in these physical things, you allow the the purity of the message that Jesus is sending forth to be to be watered down and not even just watered down, but changed.
0: And right. that's where
1: you see all kinds of crazy things like heresies and other things spring forth.
0: Right. So to tie that I'm, back I'm, in I'm to hold on a minute. So to tie that back in to what I was saying about Jesus bucking the system at that point in time, he was literally bucking those religious and political leaders of that time, like you said, who did not understand the spirit of the law. We see some of our own pastors at that point right now that are having to walk through that battle right now. And they're having to navigate what the spirit is leading them to do that might be bucking people who don't understand the spirit of the law and the law at hand right now and how it ties in to how God's spirit and God's law supersedes even the laws of men. Everything. And so I feel like in honesty and integrity, people have to find that strength to buck what is around us, the voices that are around us that are not coming from God in his word. And when I say buck, I mean that, I hope you understand how I mean that. Um, we have to be willing to follow our man of God as he calls, as he follows God. And we have to trust him. That's part of our honesty and our integrity that we have to trust those men of God in this. And this kind of got way deeper than I wanted to tonight, but we have to trust those men of God as they're navigating this waters through this period of time. And that might put a responsibility on us to, sometimes it might not always be easy uh, um, to, Follow them because we are taught to obey the law of the land. You know what I'm saying? But our man of God, God may be telling him something different. And so we have to trust the man of God. And so I said all that to say in this conversation of integrity and honesty, Kyle, I think what you said was very important to bring into play that God's been dealing with me about this because I'm an educator and I want to stir the pot all the time. But part of my integrity and part of my honesty to the people that are looking at me as a leader is to define, okay, what am I saying now that I'm really trying to prod someone to think? Because as an educator, I will always be prodding people to think. Or what am I saying that my motive is to be political? And so as the children of God and people walking through this, I think part of our integrity and our honesty in this period of time Is to say, what is my motive in this situation? You know, is my motive right? And um, I don't know. Y'all share your thoughts. We do need to wrap this up. We might end up splitting this into another two parts and just put a little ending on one part and go into it. But um, I just
4: have one more thing, Mm -hmm. Um, and I and I think that this is the crux of the entire um, the entire thing about being honest and being integral. is that you have to make your calling and election sure. And when you do that, you will be walking in the spirit and you will be doing exactly what God wanted you to to do. And you will be fulfilling what what we were talking about in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You cannot separate a man from his word. So when you say, I give my word, that means I'm being honest with you. And that means I'm gonna follow through and do exactly what I, I said that I was gonna do just exactly as God has done. And I think that that is, that's, that's my closing <laughs> thought. I,
0: I think that's great. I think that's a great closing statement.
1: And, and to clarify, I wasn't trying to poison the whale well or make it personal, as we, no. we discussed. Um, no. I definitely just, you know, it's something that when I've talked with people, it's something that, and again, this plays back into that elder idea we should have these open and frank conversations where, you know, it does get a little visceral and a little straightforward. Cause I mean, I mean, if you look at grandpa elder, he didn't, he didn't put, there was no cheese between the meat and, and the bread. It was just, it was, I mean, he'd say up at night, he'd straight out the can. So it, it was all meat. It was all straight. It was. And so I think that's key is when we're looking at some of these situations is You have to cut out a lot of these ideologies and people want to fight for things and and look at things. And the other thing that the spirit has really just been working on me on over and over and over and over, because I used to be to an extent political and even in conversations I've had with Mitchell privately and some, some, some people, even friends in the world and people that I've talked to, I started to realize that is actually making me more like the world than it is anything like the church every time i do that i'm engaging with something that they're seeing confusion and anger and not just politics i mean i could go everything nowadays and i could really get this could go so deep and we could do a five-hour podcast because I could talk to you about how everybody politicizes everything. Not everything is political. I mean, we right. have conversations about things that people politicize that aren't political issues. Right. And so, I mean, really, that's a, that's a tricky path to navigate because you might not be even be political. You just have a comment or an opinion on something mm-hmm. and it becomes politicized by society. And so I think the key is not to really create any heels that I'm willing to die on outside of the word of God. And that's the key is, hey, if I'm looking at this, And you're talking to me and you want to know who I am. I'm Christ and him crucified. That's what I'm looking to be. I'm looking to add this in. in, And this is my closing statement. Again, I love all y'all. I think that for me personally, it's just removing myself from those situations because I can speak to every situation in the world right now without being political. It might be identified with one side or the other because it's not always one, one side, you know, to be honest. And how do I do that? I do it from the word of God. And that's why every single situation I'm in lately, I've been going to the word of God and I've been reading and comparing and then providing. I know I took a class with Dr. Blash and he gave me a really powerful insight on one thing. And I think I brought this up last time. When somebody asks you a question you don't know, don't be afraid. And Mitch even said this to say, I don't know, or to say, let me look into that and get back to you. And not always be so quick to give an answer and go read my word, find out where I stand on these things, because that's where my spirit will align with the word of God and with Jesus. And and that's where I feel most sound and comfortable providing information to people that are asking questions. And that's all I'm going to say on that.
0: I like it though. And I didn't take that as you poisoning the well, Kyle, I felt like that was an important thing to speak to because we're talking about honesty right now. And we're talking about integrity right now. And so there's a lot of things that, that you know, politics are going on in the world right now. So people are looking at the church for honesty and, t- and integrity. Uh, and it's not just on social media. It's in our home churches. People are looking to see how we react as leaders to our leaders. Uh, people are looking at us to see how we react as saints to our leaders. Uh, People are looking at in our city, how the church is going to respond in these situations, you know, because the church is in some tricky waters right now. You know, the church is trying to navigate some crazy stuff right now. And so um, it's challenging times. It's something that we have to seek God in, and we have to be people of honesty and integrity, and we have to trust that leadership that God put in our life because that is the person that God is talking to. Jesus was obedient, even to the death of the cross. When he agreed or didn't agree, he was getting beat. He was getting torn up. He didn't understand it. His life was at risk. He was obedient, even to the death of the cross, you know? And so that's where it's our challenge as I think part of honesty and integrity is to be obedient and to be submitted to God in his spirit, and so um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that conversation. I like every single piece of it, Sarah uh, Mitchell, Tori, anybody want to finish up it, We better wrap this up for tonight. We might have to split it into two parts. Again. I did.
2: <laughs> I wanted to bring this in a new light, actually not in a new light, but ending it and something. Cause I'm a banker. Right. So, so you guys are going to be like, where is she going into left field with this? But it's going to tie some of us together. He was talking about being a light, right? Talking about being honest. Talking about being truthful. I'm dealing with a lot of counterfeits lately. Because this season carries tons of counterfeits. Money. Mm -hmm. So they keep telling us, make sure you guys are watching out for counterfeits. Make sure. And they look just like, they look just, the hundreds look just like it. But there are several key factors on telling if something is a a bill is real or fake. And one of those key factors is we hold that bill up to the light. That's very cool, Tori. And if we can see, if we can see the image that we're looking for, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> oh my God. Ooh, I'm not to you shout. I'm you know, like, oh I just a minute ago, but I just got a revelation. You know, just like <laughs> when we hold that bill up to the light and we look for there's words trust. on that too, and we look for those words In God we and trust. those words that they're of the ungodly, trust is one of them, but. In one corner, it'll say for motion picture use only. And that's how we'll know it's a counterfeit. The other part will have the exact words of what it's supposed to say on that bill. But one of the things that we look for is the reflection of the image of the head (laughs) on the bill, hold it up to the light. And you know, whether by by the lighting in that bill, whether that, lighting, <laughs> right there. Whether that lighting reflects, you know, and that applies to us. Whether we reflect Jesus Christ or not, when we look at that bill, and that's the for, honesty for
4: use only. I mean, of, of an, an integrity.
2: integrity. Use only. And what and one of them will spend, and one of them won't. One of them is worth something, and one of them isn't. But that is the difference between an integral part. And an, A non-integral part. I see people shouting on here if anyone is, what anybody's wondering why I'm asking right now. Tori just took us to church. (laughs) 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 But I had to bring that because it was just stirring in my spirit listening to all of this. (laughs) that's
0: incredible and I'm late on the draw I have to tell you I had my phone in my hand and I was like where's it at where's it at where's it at and I was looking for I don't even know if this is it but I was looking for a shout beat because I was like oh we need a shout beat right
2: here (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I love I mean that is something that just stood out to me while we were talking about that It was all about the light of trueness and honesty and integrity and what more to bring all that into one thing, but that, that correlation there. That's incredible. Yeah.
0: Auntie Sarah, Mitch, you guys have anything you want to say while we wrap this up tonight?
3: One thing that came to my mind while you were talking, Auntie Anna, and then Tori just gave me a whole sermon to preach for the next time I preach, so... (laughs) Thank you. I'll give you an honorable, honorable mention. <laughs> um, Cause that was just really cool listening to, but one thing that just, it came back to my memory a couple years ago, Jesse and I went to go see a drama in Springs. I think it was, it had to be around Easter. Um, and it reached a point where they're crucifying Jesus and, you know, it was a larger production. So it was, it, they were getting, you know, as close as they could to being realistic. And they got to the point where the Romans were, they, you know, they were beating Jesus. They were flogging him before he was crucified. And it was kind of different because, you you know, you see most of these scenes, that's very, very melodramatic. They have like sad music. And uh, when they started the scene, they had some like real upbeat pop music playing and the soldiers were all laughing and, You know chatting with each other and cracking jokes and there's one soldier that's beating jesus you know and then they pass the whip and all of a sudden one of the soldiers gets mad and he throws jesus to the ground and they they it's like they pause the scene um and all the music stops you know and then they they turn on different music which is pretty melodramatic And what they're trying to portray is, you know, that Satan comes to talk to Jesus. But really what I saw was the internal battle of what was going on with Jesus. And so this other, this alter ego or this other character walks on the stage and tells Jesus, he says, why don't you just stop all of this? You know, you have the power, you have the authority to get up. And to walk away from all of this, and you see the the actor for Jesus did an amazing job. You can almost see him working through, thinking through all of this stuff. And then he stands back up, and he sticks his hands back through the chains on the whipping block. And they go back to whipping him. And it just, even, I mean, when they got done with that scene, I was a mess. I was crying my eyes out. Because it showed to me not only what Christ did. But what I must do when I feel like I'm being held to the to the whipping block, whether it be with all the plethora of things that are that we're going to we're going through and will go through in society. You know, I've got to remember that if Jesus could hold himself to that post and, you know, not knowing, you know, when he's in the garden, you know, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. If he can do that, the ultimate example of me. Being willing to set my opinions aside, being willing to set my wants, my desires aside. Am I willing to reach a point in time where I genuinely can look at God and say, you know, this is what I want, God. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. We mentioned, you guys talked about politics. Uh, my brother and I had a very interesting conversation. And it was, it was very It it made me think because we're working in a lady's house and the lady, she had us upstairs. We were eating lunch and just completely out of the blue, she asked us, she was like, well, what do you think about this election? And I was like, well, I don't, you know, I didn't really know how to answer. I didn't know where she was coming from. I was trying to be careful. Um, And, you know, she told us how she felt and she was really disturbed that there were all these, you know, preachers on on all these different news outlets that had prophesied this and prophesied that. And I kind of reached that point internally where I was like, well, this is what I want to say. But then I felt the Holy ghost just in, just impress my spirit. Like, no, you don't need to tell her what you want to say. You need to preach the gospel here because it's probably the only time I'll ever see that lady. And God gave me one opportunity and it just, it reminded me again of that scene where Jesus was held to the whipping block mm-hmm. and then he had his wants and his desires, but he held himself to what the will of God is. I mean,
2: That's I love it's this
3: good. nation as much as anybody else, yeah. but when it comes down to it, like Antiana said, I'm not of this world. I've, I'm from a world to come and somewhere I've right. got to be willing to step out of this world and step into eternity and say, okay, God, there's a way bigger picture than the United States. There's a way bigger picture than political tensions. There's a way bigger picture than, than the unrest in society. The bigger picture is that God is wrapping up this world. And I've got to reach a point. Right. And this goes back. I said this in the last one. This goes back to where we have to pray. We have to read our Bible. We have to mm-hmm. fast. We have to reach Jeez. a point where we set all of this aside and we say, okay, God, I'm going to preach like Kyle mentioned this. I'm going to preach Christ and him crucified because when it comes down to it, all of this is wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to burn. It's going to melt with a fervent heat. But if I can preach to your soul, that's the one thing that is, it's, it's everlasting. Your soul will go from this world to the next. That's the one thing in this whole world that I can save out of our whole relationship from one individual to the next. If I can reach that soul, then I've not accomplished something to just feel good about. I've, con- I've accomplished something that will resound through eternity.
0: Mitch, that is so good. And I was telling Auntie Sarah that the other day. I said, you know, the activist and patriotic side of me wants to just be an activist right now. The carnal side of me just wants to be this activist, just yap, 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 (laughs) yap, you know, and this, and I like politics. I like to talk politics as best as, as well as anybody else. I love to debate. I'm I'm one of those people that like to argue. Papa used to say, Anna, you would make a good lawyer because you love to argue. And I did, and I do. And I like to have that good discussion and that good debate. But I was really praying a couple of weeks ago, God, I want to be a world changer right now. How do I be a world changer? And it was like, God spoke to my heart, Mitchell, that very thing and said, you know what? If you, you know, you can get out there and you can talk politics on social media and blah, 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 like everybody else, and just be a voice amongst all the hundreds of thousands of voices out there doing that right now, or you can win a soul because if you're really going to change somebody's mind about the things in the world right now, and you're really going to make a difference, you're going to win their soul. You're going to change You're going to win them to God. And God, he he spoke to my heart. I am going to change them. I'm going to change the way they're thinking about things. I'm going to change the way they're approaching the things. You're not going to change them. I'm going to change them. Auntie Sarah.
5: This is what I have to say. And it's raw and unfiltered. This
6: world is not my home i'm just passing through my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue the angels beckon me from heaven Open door and I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. My treasures, they're laid up. Somewhere beyond the blue, the angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I love you. We're going to go to heaven very, very soon
0: amen we love you guys so glad you joined us tonight thank you for joining us
1: love y'all too love you guys thank you
0: yes thank you you. have it yes
2: love you